Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. In this special off-season edition, host George Templeton reviews what's been happening since the last time the Rams hit the court. And now, here's George. All right, welcome back to Rams Rewind. We are continuing our series on newcomers to the VCU men's basketball program coming this fall. And now, after we talked about two players who signed out of high school with VCU, we are now going to start talking about some transfers that are coming to VCU. And, you know, we've been doing single-player episodes, but this one we decided to do both because we've got two transfers coming from the same school, a fairly unusual circumstance. Uh, from the University of Michigan, Zeb Jackson, a guard, and Brandon Johns Jr., a power forward, are coming to VCU. So with us to discuss uh, those two players is Kellen Voss, who is the basketball writer at the Maze and Brew blog on SB Nation. Kellen, welcome to Rams Rewind. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, George. I uh, I, I appreciate it. I love talking love talking hoops any any time of the year. So all right, you know we'll start with the one that was that 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 kind of caught me by surprise a little bit, and that was Zeb Jackson. And I'm just looking back. He only played the four games last year. There was some issue, and we'll get into that in detail, uh, in as much detail as you can give us with that. But when the announcement was that he was transferring, it was very amicable, at least publicly. Uh, Coach Jawan Howard said some very nice things about him. Of course, there's a, there's a connection from, from VCU in Michigan via Jimmy Martelli, who is the son of Phil Martelli, who, of course, is the, is the, uh, the, the right-hand man for Jawan Howard and has done a great job in that role. Uh, since Jawan Howard turned up at Ann Arbor, so with Zeb Jackson, what was what, what were people looking for? What were people expecting from him when he came on campus? And if and if something did go wrong, what went wrong? Um, you know, I think people were kind of expecting him to be the next the next guy in terms of a of a good combo guard to come into Michigan. Um, a comp for him would probably be, I heard uh, Ant Wright talk about this. He does a lot of Michigan stuff. I heard Ant Wright talk about this in the video a few years ago. Um, compared him to Jeremy Lamb a little bit uh, when he was in when he was in in, uh, in college a little bit. You know, he's not going to be your main ball handler. He's not going to be your point guard. But you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna go out and get his own shots. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna create a little bit for other guys too. Um, in terms of what happened this season, you know, we were always told that it was just he wasn't with the team for personal reasons and personal reasons and, and yada, yada, yada. Um, he didn't play much in his time at Michigan. He was kind of buried on both uh, on both rosters. Uh, one, one trend that we've seen with Michigan over the past few years that uh, has been good in the short term but might end up biting them in the butt in the long term is they do tend to bring in a lot of senior guards that, that tend to take up a lot of playing time from the young guys. You know, two years ago, his freshman year, uh, Mike Smith, uh, trans Mike Smith transferred in was the starting point guard did a very good job with that Michigan team that made it all the way to the elite eight and then you know Franz Wagner airballed the airballed the shot against UCLA but you know we're we're, we're past that and uh, you know totally accepted it and on that team uh, Zeb Jackson you know he didn't really find his footing a whole lot only really played 5.3 minutes a game uh, as much as I like Juwan Howard as a coach, he doesn't he doesn't tend to give freshman guards a, a long leash. Uh, he did similar things with Kobe Bufkin this past season, um, but yeah, I mean he had a couple threes in that first round tournament game they had against Texas Southern. Uh, he's a very good three point shooter, very bouncy, can create his own shot, nice in the mid range, very good scoring guard. 
Um, defensively, he's not going to give you a ton, and that's really the issue is you kind of have to play him another point guard, and he's really undersized. So defenses would kind of expose him a little bit, and I think that's part of the reason why his playing time was kind of down as the year went along. And then this past season, uh, guys like Frankie Collins, Kobe Bufkin, Devontae Jones, the transfer from Coastal Carolina, they kind of all took his playing time a little bit. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know what was going on in the kid's life. I'm not going to speculate in the kid's life. The kid's life is the kid's life, but he wasn't getting a lot of playing time in Michigan, just quite frankly, just because um, Collins and Bufkin were kind of getting that shine over him. And so I, I'd imagine he would have been a little frustrated after not playing a ton his freshman year and then freshman behind him getting more playing time than him his sophomore year. So I'm excited to see what he does with his new opportunity. Well, and there's, there's something interesting. So defensively, Maybe some questions. VCU is a university. That's what we hang our hat on def- defensively. You were a top five in defensive efficiency last year and have been a top 20 defensive efficiency team pretty much since Mike Rhodes turned up. You know, you got to play defense to get time at VCU. So that does interest me. But one thing you mentioned that also uh, for the positive is the three-point shooting. Uh, VCU, especially early in the season, and granted they had some injuries that contributed to that, you know, was not a very good three-point shooting team. They got better as the season went along, but that's also because they were a lot more judicious with their three-point shooting. And if they've got, a, if it's one, if they have a serious weakness, one of them is is that they just don't make enough of them when they really need to make them. So it sounds like Zeb Jackson can really help on that. You know, is it, it is it is it could it be that he's the sort of guy that can come off the bench? and kind of heat up real quick and maybe make some threes to get the offense going, but he may not play, you know, 25, 30 minutes a game because, again, the defense is going to be a question. You know, George, I'm here in the state of Michigan, and everybody in the state of Michigan are huge Pistons fans. And, you know, you, you bring back Vinnie Johnson with the bad boys, how he could the microwave, we could just heat up in a second. That's what Zeb Jackson's going to give you, you know. He, uh, in that Texas Southern game, he hit, uh, they, I think Michigan was up by about 15. He hit two threes back-to-back and kind of busted it wide open. That's the that's the kind of guy he he can be. He's He's got an excellent three-point shot. He can shoot it from anywhere. He really prefers that little wing pocket area, I would say. But yeah, he's he's going to be your scorer off the bench. I wouldn't expect him to be a starting point guard by any means. I wouldn't expect him to be a point guard at all. But if he's if he's simply only asked to, you know, come off the bench, play 12, 15 minutes, play a little longer if he's making his threes, I think that's an ideal role for him. And I, I'm I'm really excited to see what he does with with this with this new opportunity. It's going to be competitive in our backcourt. Uh, we did lose. We did have some players graduate, like. Keyshawn Curry and had some other players leave. Uh, you know, we a couple of years ago we had Bones Highland, who of course got drafted and has done very well in the NBA. But there's a lot of competition. There's Alfonso Billups, who's who's assigning the uh, a local product. There's Jaden Nunn, who is a freshman and did very well last year. Uh, Jer- Jeremy McAllister's coming off injury, so it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, how Jeb uh, Zeb Jackson works himself into the rotation. Uh, is it is it could it be a case with him where maybe it's a bit of a slow start and then he gets more time as the season goes on? I mean, how do how do you think that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd say I'd say probably that slow start. I would imagine is what's is what's going to happen. That's kind of what happened a little bit of his freshman year. Um, you know, coming out of high school, he had he had. I, I think he's one of those guys who just kind of just fell victim to too high expectations. I would say coming out of high school, he was a four star recruit. 
Um, you know, he's 6'5", 180, so he does have that height, but he's not a very big guy. Like, he he doesn't – he's he's a very little dude. He doesn't play like he's 6'5 at all. Um, I would say uh, coming out of high school, he was a four-star, played at Montverde, you know – there was the whole he, he was he was kind of he was he was just a cog on that team and if you watch a bunch of his Montverde clips he plays that ideal you know score off the bench role for for Montverde where he's 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 busting threes he's shooting mid range taking guys off the dribble that's just kind of what he excels at and so he is six five but he does not play like he's six five one bit he 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 you, you would you would think he's six six one or six two the way he plays out there so um, yeah I, I you know. I, I in a in a limited sample size off the bench where he's just asked to simply be a scorer, I think he could do he could do he could do wonders. Uh, maybe maybe what you saw out of like Trey Burke in the bubble two years ago in the NBA playoffs where he'd swung playoff games for them. I think I think it could be something similar to that. I would say. Oh, you got you had to bring up Trey Burke. I'd... I I kind of have to. That's kind of our brand as Michigan basketball thing. You know, he's he's kind of the savior of 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 our of our program for rightfully so. So yeah, Trey Burke. Uh, I won't. I don't. For, I don't forget that tournament run because, God, what he did what he did to our press in that in that tournament game. Yeah, too, it was it was not. It was not safe for children. Let me put it to you that way. Yeah, and then the very and then the very next game when they're down by like fifteen and and it looks like it's going to be over to Kansas and they just lead the comeback and lead the comeback and then that shot he has to force overtime is one of the most iconic college basketball shots of the past ten years. So yes, yes. that if you're talking about Michigan memories right there, that's that's right at the top of the list. I, I so. apologize, VCU audience, for bringing that up, but he mentioned Trey Burke and and we because we have we have a Michigan guest here. We did, we just had to talk. You know what? It's co- you know what college basketball fans listen to this show. They they I'm sure they love Trey Burke as well. I'm, I, I wouldn't imagine it's too far. I, of a, I don't we, say it out of a place of anger because listening to the listening to that game because I was listening to it, not watching it because I was on a long drive somewhere. I mean, it was hard to listen to because we were getting killed. But right. at the same time, that kind of guard play is is something I can respect. Yeah, yeah. It's a tremendous, tremendous guard at the college level and, and bringing up the NBA bubble, I remember that as well. I want to get to the other young man that's going to join us, and that's Brandon Johns Jr., who's going to be a grad transfer. Now, what's interesting about him, you mentioned the Final Eight run a couple years ago. Brandon Johns – Really productive in that run. A couple double-figure scoring games. So my question with him is, you th- you you think that as a base you'd have you'd work off that, have some real momentum going into this past season? It didn't seem like he went on with it. You know, talk about uh, Brandon Johns's last season here at Michigan and why it went the way it did. Uh, you know, last season here in Michigan, Brandon Johns was kind of slotted to be the, the go-to like senior leader on the team. You know, he was, it was, it was kind of supposed to be him and Eli Brooks leading. That's what it kind of all the preview stuff was. And then, um, the season went along and he was doing okay, but Musa Diabate just kind of just took every minute that he had. And Musa Diabate, he's, he's going in the draft right now. He's, probably around the, the 55 to 70 range on most big boards. Like we're, we're not expecting him to get drafted, but he'll definitely make an impact on G League and might get a two-way contract there. But, yeah, I mean, Musa was a uh, Musa was just all energy all the time. Um, uh, you know, Brandon Johns is a very solid interior defender. He's a very good rebounder. He, you know, he kind of accepted his role as a role player. He doesn't try to do too much or anything. He kind of – he just – 
he just kind of struggled offensively in a lot of games this year. You know, he he was a big guy who confidence always seemed like an issue. You watch his body language and he's like, he's slumping his shoulders. He's, you know, he's his, his head's down after he misses a shot and that kind of a thing. I think he just kind of struggled with confidence a lot of the year as the year went along. He's, he's going to give you great defense. He's going to give you great rebounding. Um, but he just he, he kind of just struggled to get his to get his shot going as the year went along, and then when the tournament came, he was kind of almost unplayable because of how bad he was offensively and how how much of a zero he brought you there. And I'd say that Musa Diabate and then Terrence Williams off the bench kind of took a lot of his time at the four. And um, with Musa also being able to play the five, he didn't really get the chance to play the small ball five, which might be an ideal role for him. But um, yeah, I, I, I just kind of like Zeb, he just was kind of just the victim of guys behind him, just kind of took a bunch of his playing time and it might have struck his confidence a little bit, I would say. But no, Brand Johns is Brand Johns is an excellent basketball player. He's he's gonna he's gonna have some double digit double digit games at, at VCU, I would say. And at a place like VCU, as I said, you know, where we really value defense and rebounding's always been a problem for us. It's it's been it's it, for me, it's the biggest bugaboo that I have when I do when I do these post post game. Uh, looks at you know look at the team and what and how they play and I, I'm almost always inevitably frustrated by moments where we don't get key rebounds especially defensively and it costs us big time so to hear to hear that he's a really good defender and a rebounder that's going to be valued big time at VCU and I just wonder if that coming to a place like that and that change of scenery might help him on the offensive end because you know when he when he has a game where he gets 12 or 13 rebounds like he's capable of having and he and he's cleaning up and stopping really good interior offensive players like he's going to face in the A10 he's going to get nothing but love from the fans cuz that's what the fans love to see is 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 a guy that's just that's just holding it down in the front court and not letting anybody pass no, he's a he's a really good, you know, his stats don't jump off the page because his minutes did go down over the years here at Michigan. Uh, kind of like Zeb, two seasons ago, uh, Isaiah Livers kind of took a lot of his minutes at the four. And then this past season, Musa Diabate took a lot of his minutes at the four. So he's 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 kind of settled into this role player role. But, um, you know, he's an excellent, you know, he's a good rebounder. He when you watch, he's one of the he, he always he always does try to box out. You, you know, you, you have that for that problem with a lot of young forwards, but you, he always does find a body. He always you know, if he's not getting the rebound, he's doing a great job of clearing out space for it. I think a lot of times he was sharing the floor with Hunter Dickinson. And so he would clear out a body for Hunter Dickinson to grab the rebound a lot of those times. Um when uh, when when guys get settled into the post, he you know he's a skinny guy, but he he showed to be pretty strong. He kind of held his ground a little bit, would force guys to force misses in the post, force misses in that mid range area. You know he does a great job of playing defense without fouling. He did an incredible job of that this past year. And then um, there were a couple times uh, throughout his Michigan career where he kind of you know kind of got it going and was was kind of their go to guy. There was a game two years ago against Rutgers that was played. Uh, at Madison Square Garden where he actually had 20 points against Rutgers and was making every three and taking it to the hole and and making his free throws and was getting his confidence going. So I think with a with a larger amount of playing time and stuff, kind of similar to Zeb, with a larger amount of playing time and a larger and a and a better situation for him personally, I think he can I think he can thrive with VCU. And, and like you mentioned the whole press defense thing, you know, he's long, he's lanky you know, maybe you put him at the front of that press. Maybe you put him in the back of that press as a as a safety valve of some kind. But he he's he's going to be he he he's going to be an excellent piece for VCU. And you kind of answered one of my next questions coming up was just how physical he's going to be because in the A10, we got some brutes, we got some hombres down there. The the player of the year, uh, uh, Brockovich and Davidson is back, 
and he and he's just he's an absolute load, and he's built like a brick outhouse, and that's the kind of guys he's going to be going up against. The guy at Dayton uh, is is a is a physical freak, and and can jump out. He's big and can jump out of the gym. So it sounds like Brandon Johns is 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 well is prepared for that kind of maybe trench warfare that's going to be needed. You know. Yeah, and the interesting thing is when you look at him, like he doesn't look like he he doesn't look like a guy that would be that would be up for that. You know, he's he's skinny, he's lanky. You, 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 he always had that look of like, oh, you know, he he kind of needs to put on 10, 15 pounds, but he he's he's big in there and you know, the Big Ten's a very physical conference too. There were times where he had to switch on and guard Kobe Cobra and times we had to switch on and guard Travion Williams. Times where he, last year we had had to switch on to Luca Garza. Um and you know, he he didn't stop, you know, he didn't like, like full on, like block their shots or shut them down or anything like that, but he did slow him down. He was a physical defender and that's kind of was the, was the way that he earned playing time down the stretch was being that other great physical defender for Michigan. One of the reasons I think he did, he didn't get as much playing time as the year went along was he kind of like, he was always playing with Hunter Dickinson and in the way basketball is nowadays, you don't really need two of those interior defenders. So like, I think I think in a role at VCU where maybe he can be the small ball five and space the floor and make a lot of do some pick and pop threes at the top of the key stuff like that and then not necessarily anchor the defense but can but can slow guys down when they do try to post up on them I think I think that that could be an ideal role for him and and at Michigan I wanted to see what that look was like with him but that just never happened with with Dickinson and Diabate kind of being two of Michigan's best players down the stretch always splitting time at the five so. I'd like to see what he's like as a small ball five. There's a lot of opportunity for him because again, we've had, you know, we've had some big players leave. Uh, two of two of the commits, two of the people coming into the front court are are high school signees. So I, I think I think Brandon Johns is gonna get a lot of time and gonna be an important player right away. He needs to be. But it's interesting, you talking about him as a small ball five. I feel like we might be moving back in a direction where we are going to press a lot more. And it sounds like Brandon Johns is ideal for, for that. If we are going to press a lot more, then that may very well be the kind of system that suits Brandon Johns right down to, a, right down to the ground. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, you know, he, he was really good. He was really good help side defender, very smart defensive IQ. He's not really going to get up in your face and shut you down. Like a, like a, you know, when you think of a big, a big defender, a big, big 10 defender, he's not really going to get in your face and shut you down from that standpoint, but he's going to be excellent help side. He's going to be communicating well. And um, I think that he, he could be a solid piece for you guys. So. Well, I'm going to finish out by talking about, since we talked about a past VCU Michigan matchup we're not going to talk about a potential future michigan vcu matchup they are slated to play each other to baby play each other in the legends classic i mean the, the schedules are not out for a little while that's kind of an interesting thing given that we've had two players transfer the state of the michigan program because two years ago without the injury you were absolutely a national title contender 100 percent you know Jawan howard who's I, I'll, I'll be honest i wasn't sure was going to translate to coaching college ball he did a great job with the staff with hiring a guy like Phil Martelli, who's been there and been successful and can sort of be that, that, that old wise head that, that young coaches need, you know, where, where's Michigan at? They were a little, they were, they were disappointing in the regular season, got themselves into the tournament, had a pretty good tournament performance. Where, where's Michigan at as, as VCU is going to be taking them on? I, I think it's November. And what, where, where, where do you see the program at right now? 
You know, what's concerning going into the program next year is Michigan was a very young team last year, and they're about to get even younger. You know, Diabate and Houston are staying in the NBA draft. Houston will probably go late first, mid second. Diabate, we hope he gets drafted, but he'll more than likely be a two-way guy. Um, Devontae Jones graduated. Eli Brooks graduated. Johns and Jackson transferred and Frankie Collins transferred over to Arizona State, which will also be in that Legends Classic. So Michigan fans are kind of like Michigan fans are kind of hoping in the back of our heads that we can like beat, you know, VCU and then beat Arizona State or however the order of the tournament works in that capacity. So, you know, Hunter Dickinson coming back is huge. He's going to be your star player. He's going to be your He's going to get your 20 and 10 every night. He's going to he's going to be up in your face. He's the new Tyler Hansborough basketball in terms of how how polarizing he is, I would think. Um, he, he's going to be their star player. Uh, from there, they just got a transfer uh, point guard in from uh, Princeton, Jalen Llewellyn, who should be very good, multi-level scorer there. And then from there, it's kind of an opportunity for a lot of young guys to step up. You know, Kobe Bufkin is coming into his sophomore year. He's kind of expected to do a lot. You got a good freshman class coming in with Terrace Reed, Jet Howard, who is Probably the better of the two Howard brothers that are going to be in the program. Uh, Doug McDaniel is going to be a solid point guard for us. Uh, it's kind of hard to assess the state of the program right now. We did just get uh, Duke, the Duke transfer, Joey Baker, is going to be with us uh, next season. So good, little good three point shooter there. Um, but I would expect Michigan to have the same regular season struggles that they had this past year, just because there's not a lot of continuity and it's going to be a lot of young guys. And if those, you know, we thought we were going to get some great young guys last year when we had the three five stars in Bufkin, Diabate and Houston, including with them all being all Americans. Well, Bufkin was a four star, but he was kind of on the edge of that. But uh, the, all th- regardless, all three of them were all Americans. Michigan fans were kind of expecting the moon and, you know, if it wasn't for a couple of big wins down the stretch, Michigan's probably not making the NCAA tournament. So I would say I would expect them to kind of have the same roller coaster ride of a regular season. And then if they manage to get into the tournament, you know, Juwan has done a very good and his staff done a very good job of getting those guys prepared for big games and getting them ready for big games. And they have stepped up when they needed to. So uh, I believe it's six Sweet 16s they've made in a row now, something like that. So I, I they're going to be ready if the time comes. If they make the tournament, they just got to worry about making it first. Well, folks, we don't just give you about the players and the information and all that. We can even give you a scouting report here, and that's that's something I'm very glad. And, Kellen, this was terrific. Thank you so much for coming on. Anything you want to plug, social media, whatever, uh, anything with the Maze and Brew blog that you got coming up. Uh, George, thank you for having me. Um, we'll be doing a bunch of NBA draft stuff as that comes down the next few weeks, uh, previewing where Houston goes, where Diabate ends up signing, what G League deals that Brooks and Jones end up signing. And our, a lot of our football stuff is going to be coming out big. I know uh, I don't do a lot of it, but guys like Von Lozon, Trevor uh, Trevor Woods, Andrew Bailey are going to be talking talking ball. we got a great podcast network over there with uh, Luke Geerty and a bunch of those guys. Um, and it's it's we got a lot of big things brewing here at Mason Brew pun intended and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun ride so yeah go ahead and check out our site my twitter is uh uh, at kellen k-e-l-e-n underscore underscore voss v-o-s-s i do michigan stuff uh try to come out with about three or four basketball articles a week and uh yeah if you if you're looking for great michigan coverage uh sb nation's maize and brew is the way to go so all right do that folks follow follow kellen on twitter i'll be doing that as soon as this interview is over Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. This is Rams Rewind. We will continue this series uh, on VCU newcomers. Thank you all for listening. Have a good day, everybody.
to submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.